Welcome back, friends, to Mavericks and Misfits. This is Jeff, your host. If you are listening to Mavericks and Misfits for the first time, welcome to episode 133. We've been doing this a little over two years, and uh, I'm thankful uh, to be able to have opportunities to speak of kingdom things in a season in which we're living and to be able to um, pour repeatedly, weekly, I guess, uh, into your lives through this, um, through the podcast. And um, if you are new to the podcast and you're interested in getting um, additional episodes, as always, you can you can access all of them wherever you're listening right now. But if you want to get them in a convenient place, there's a couple of options. You can go to maverickmisfit.com, maverickmisfit.com, and the archives are there. Or you can download uh, the free Transforming Truth app wherever you get your apps. Look for Transforming Truth and all of the Mavericks and Misfits podcasts are there in that app. So however you're listening, I'm just glad that you are. I hope you're being enriched. We love hearing from you guys. Um, we get some good feedback and every now and then just, we get some pushback and I like it all because it just lets me know people are thinking. And, um, sometimes the pushback even helps me in future episodes to think more clearly about how to say what I'm saying. So, um, feel free to email me at Jeff at maverickmisfit.com. Jeff at maverickmisfit.com. And I try to answer as many as those as I possibly can with limited time, but uh, I do eventually end up reading them all. And um, we'd love to hear from you guys. Today, I want to pick up with what was I, I was intending to share on the last episode. Um, by the way, if you did not listen to the last episode, I would almost rather you listen to that one right now than to the one, than to this one. I, I felt... Um, strong move of the Holy Spirit. It was very calm, by the way. Uh, had such a calm over me, but an intensity and just really went on a prophetic um, urging for um, us to prepare for what is coming in the American church, or I might even better say it as against the American church. And it was um, not, a, not a doomsday fear kind of thing, but it, it was a, like a preparation thing. And if you did not listen to episode uh, one, maybe that one was 132. I don't even know anymore. I think this one's 133. But if it was the previous episode. I think it's called um, A Prophetic Urging to Prepare. And I would encourage you to go back and listen to that. Um, I mentioned at the beginning of that podcast when I thought I was going to speak on what I'm going to speak on today. Uh, I mentioned that I've been really, really um, immersing myself in kingdom leadership, uh, learning, studying, not even books primarily, which is interesting. I'm not reading other leaders' books on it. I'm looking at scripture. I'm praying. I was graced to have several weeks in a row with no real duties at the end of 2022 where I could just read, listen, and the only person I really talked to was Amy. Amy and I, I talked about leadership issues and church issues. I just talked to my wife, and she's got a lot of prophetic wisdom. She sees a lot of things um, in the kingdom and in the spirit. And so Amy and I talked for weeks about what is God doing in the church in America, what is coming against the church in America, and how do we use our influence to help people be prepared for it? one of the things that I feel like um, God has me doing right now is looking at leaders in the Bible. You got Moses, you got Daniel, you got Nehemiah, um, you've got the, the prophets and they led primarily through their messaging. But then you get to the New Testament and you read the book of Acts and you see how leaders responded to a culture that was hostile to their savior and to their message. And I'm really just saying, Lord, re-impart to me 
at a higher level these components of what it means to be a leader in the kingdom so that I can fulfill my calling. And one of the things that I am seeing in the life of David, who is my favorite leader study in the Bible, I love studying the life of David. I'll be teaching his life to year four students in Caneo at the end of this present semester. And um, I, I have found one part of David's life that has helped me immensely. And that is the component of David's life that he continually exemplified when he was constantly, nearly his whole life, constantly being resisted, attacked, slandered when all he was trying to do was fulfill his calling and to do what he was anointed by God to do. And David had a heart for God. David was an imperfect man committed some very notorious sins, but David was, when, when God wanted to sum him up, God said, yeah, that man's got my heart. He's got a heart like mine. And so David to me has always been a, a human example I could follow. I admire David. Um, people ask me, who do you admire most in the Bible? And I'll tell them David and they're like, you don't admire Jesus. And I was like, no, I actually don't admire Jesus. I worship Jesus. <laughs> admiration is not what Jesus asked for. He asked for my undiluted, complete, sold out devotion and worship. Um, he's worthy of more than being admired. So I admire David because he's, he's just like I am and just like you are. But one of the things that I wanted to talk about in his life today was from an episode that um, began to stick out to me in the mid 2000s, 2005, six, seven, eight. I really became acquainted with this chapter in David's life. And it was when uh, he was on the run uh, from Absalom, his son. And if I, Lord willing, I'm going to I'm going to do the next podcast on the the, the spirit of Absalom. I'm going to talk about that. But for today, I guess I could call this the spirit of Shimei. Do you know that name, Shimei? You familiar with that? Some of you would be, and you'll know exactly what I'm about to talk about. But um, I nobody really talks about the spirit of Shimei. It's more often referred to as the spirit of accusation or the spirit of rebellion, or I will say this, I'm going to talk to you about it in the context of word curses. Spirit of Shimei is the spirit that works within people to release word curses. And I'm going to be in 2 Samuel 16. This is one of those Bible study episodes of Mavericks and Misfits. I don't do this very often, but I actually want to read you a passage of scripture, break it down. And so bear with me, okay? Don't turn off. <laughs> Some of you are like, I don't want a Bible study today. Well, grow up, okay? Just, just sit still for a minute, unclench, and let the Holy Spirit minister to you because this will help you. Um, in 2 Samuel 16, I'm only going to read a couple of verses, but um, it says, When King David came to Bahurim, this is just a little town, there came a man out of the family of Saul whose name was Shimei, the son of Gerah, and as he came out, he cursed David continually. Don't miss that. Shimei came out with the sole purpose to meet David, the king, and curse him verbally. And then it says in verse 6, he threw stones at David and all the servants of King David. And all the people and all the mighty men were on his right hand and on his left. And I'll explain all this in a moment. And then verse seven, it, it reads this, Shimei said as he cursed, get out, get out, you man of bloodshed, you worthless man. The Lord has avenged on you 
all the blood of the house of Saul, in whose place you have reigned, and the Lord has given the kingdom into the hand of your son Absalom. See, your evil is on you, for you're a man of bloodshed. And um, then verse 13 says, So David and his men went on the road, while Shimei went along the hillside opposite David, and cursed as he went, and threw stones at him, and flung dust. All right, how would you like that to be your morning today? And so I don't want to go too in-depth in the background just for the sake of time, but this is what I'll tell you. And again, I mentioned that I'm going to try to do a podcast on the spirit of Absalom because it connects to this story. But Absalom had rebelled against his father, David. And Absalom had gained a lot of favor with a lot of important people. There was a rebellion by Absalom to take the throne of his father, David. And David knew that the momentum was behind Absalom. So David gathered some of his most trusted and loyal companions, and he fled Jerusalem. And he's like, Absalom's full of wickedness and evil and fury, and he's going to kill us all, so let's just run for our lives. The Lord will take care of us. So they got the Ark of the Covenant. He got a couple of priests, and they began to leave uh, Jerusalem. And so there were, Shimei was a distant relative of King Saul, who David had replaced. And so when David was in now at his weakest moment, he's going through utter humiliation. He's running for his life and he's leaving the throne. This repulsive, revolting human being named Shimei says, I've got my moment. I've hated David since he began to rule. He, he took uh, the the throne away from us, the Benjamites, and put it in the tribe of Judah. <clears throat> Pardon me. And now is my moment. Here is my favorite thing. David, the one I have resented, the one I have uh, hated, I now get to tell him what I think of him. And so what I want to do is I want to do a couple of things today because some of you that are listening, um, you have been in the season King David was in. You have been um, targeted by both human and demonic opposition with the weaponry of word curses. And that was what Shimei did. He just released a litany of word curses in rebellion and resistance, but man, he'd held nothing back. And what, what his weaponry was, was not a sword, although he did throw some rocks at David, but it wasn't a sword. It was his words. And what we're going to unpack here in today's episode is that the power of these word curses is always meant to disorient you and then to falsely reorient you according to the curses. So curses that come verbally against us, and they almost always come through human mouths, they usually are backed with intention to inflict harm. They're often um, encapsulated in heated emotion, and they usually come at you in, in a time of vulnerability like David was in. And they come from people who have no character and who do not listen to the Holy Spirit. And some of you are um, in that season. And so I really want you to listen to what I'm about to say. I'm, but I'm going to risk it. I'm going to say this also. Some of you are the word cursor. You, you have not been so filled with the Holy Spirit that your mouth is under the yoke of Jesus yet. And I want you to listen and I want you to recognize that you may be word cursing others. That in itself is horrible. 
because uh, words inflict such incredible damage, lasting damage. But you also may be word cursing yourself. You may actually be speaking things over yourself that are not from the heart of God. And as you speak them, they start reorienting your internal sense of who you are. And you actually curse yourself. Now let's unpack a little bit of this. And I want to go through what Shimei said. Because I'm going to give you about five, maybe six different categories from Shimei's words that word curses often pierce us with. And these five to six categories, I think there's actually six, six categories. Um, This is the way the enemy wants to work against your soul. And this is the way, if we're not careful, we can be used of the enemy to work against other people. And as I just mentioned, you can often unknowingly and unwisely be speaking these word curses over yourself. So now that I've got your attention, let's talk about them. So again, David is leaving Jerusalem with a contingent of people. He's been dethroned. He's running from it for his life because his son is out to kill him and take the throne. And so David, not wanting to kill his son Absalom, is leaving. And as he's doing so, he's doing it in humiliation. And Shimei takes advantage of the opportunity. So Shimei represents here the word-cursing voice, the voice um, that comes against uh, the soul of nobility, the soul of David, the beloved, the soul of David, God's chosen. And so I'm going to allow for you to consider if you might be, place yourself in the position of David. Maybe these word curses have come against you. And so I want to expose how the enemy works against God's people. And so the first one is a word curse of rejection. Shimei, first thing he said was get out, get out. And if I can just put it in modern vernacular and paraphrase, it's get out of here. We don't want you. I reject you. You're not welcome here. Get out of my presence. Very first thing that Shimei says is a word curse of rejection. And I want to tell you, it's been my experience in my own life and through um, countless hours of um, engaging with others, counseling sessions. I don't do counseling anymore, by the way, but um, I did early on in my ministry and I'm I still do mentoring a little bit now, but the number one wound that I see that people carry that um, does such soul damage is the issue of rejection. And so what the enemy likes to do is set up people early in your life as early as possible, often parents, sometimes siblings, sometimes people in authority, sometimes uh, peers, and the enemy wants them to cooperate with his agenda to reduce you and to make you feel worthless and to come against your value as a child of God and by telling you, you are worthy only of rejection. And so that's the first thing that Shimei said, get out, get out. And I'm sure I don't have to ask this question. Everybody listening has had moments and some of you are thinking of it right now. That person rejected me. That person devalued me. I wanted to be connected in some way with or to that person. And their response was to reject me. And the deep wounds that that causes, um, and many are undeniable, but sometimes the words of rejection can stay with us for decades. I know people in their 70s that still are wrestling with what was spoken to them before they hit adolescence, and they were words of rejection. But Shimei doesn't stop there. The second type of word curse in this category 
Uh, you got rejection and you've got denunciation. That's not a word we use a whole lot, denunciate. And it just seems, means to denounce. Um, so in verse 7 of uh, 2 Samuel uh, chapter 16, verse 7, after he says, get out, get out, he says, you are a man of bloodshed. You're a worthless man. That is what we call denunciation. That is where, with strong passion and power, Shimei says to David, here is what I reduce you to. You are worthless. And then he highlights a reason why he comes to that conclusion, because David, in Shimei's opinion, is a man of unjust bloodshed. Now, we remember David was indeed a warrior, and he killed countless amounts of people. But when Shimei is coming here, he is saying, in essence, David has unjustly killed all of those people. Um, the reality is there was only one death that I'm clear on that was unjustly attributed or that David was attributed for with that was unjust. And that was the death of uh, Bathsheba, uh, her husband, Uriah the Hittite. And David set up his murder. But Shimei is going much deeper, as we'll see in a minute. He's saying, David, the sum total of who you are is you are a man, you're a murderer. And he's going to add to this, God's punishing you. But the part that gets me is this. He says, you're a worthless man. So that's a crushing thing to hear. When strong words fueled by demonic power come against a believer and the message is you have zero value. You mean nothing. You have no purpose. You will have never a purpose. Your life means nothing. Now your life is going to mean nothing in the future. You and your sum total of who you are has zero value. And remember, this is at a time where David is being outwardly humiliated anyway. And so the enemy makes sure he times these words right when we are vulnerable, most often when we're young. And so within just one verse, David has been told to get out, I reject you, and you are worthless, I denounce you. And then Shimei does what a lot of hyper-religious people do. Oh man, I can feel this right now. This happened to me last year. He invokes the name of God and he brings the third category. First is rejection, second word curse, denunciation, third word curse, condemnation. What do I mean by this? Oh, Shimei gets religious on David. He says, verse eight, the Lord has avenged on you all the blood of the house of Saul. So in other words, Shimei says, yeah, me and God have had a conversation. God's told me what he's doing. And David, this is your doom. This is your ruin. You're done. God's done with you because God is avenging upon you all of the blood you shed against my family, my tribe, the, the house of Saul. And so this condemnation comes from a place of religious superiority. And it literally, this is probably the primary activity of the enemy, of the devil, that he wants you to believe falsely concerning what God says of you. And he wants you to believe that you're condemned by God so that he can ensnare you in the spirit of fear, a panicky sense of what happens to me if I die, God has condemned me, I'm guilty, I'm shamed, um, I'm doomed. The Satan will always tell you that when you have trouble in life, it's because you failed God. And by the way, there's a lot of religious people <laughs> that will tell you the same thing. Um, quick testimony. And um, I can tell you, because of God's grace to me and the process I went through that I mentioned in the last episode of Mavericks and Misfits, I have zero bitterness in my heart right now 
towards an individual last year who for an hour word cursed me. He and his wife together for one hour word cursed me and literally invoked the name of God in a meeting and said some horrific things about me, about my fitness for the kingdom, about what God was going to do to me. And he literally, it was so demonically fueled that I knew in actuality, it wasn't merely this man. This man will give an answer for that. If he doesn't repent, I hope he does. I hope he has. He hasn't told me, but um, I hope that he's gotten it cleared with God because he literally became the voice of the accuser. The, the word devil, diabolos, means the accuser. And so when Shimei comes out and says, this is happening to you because God is against you, that is condemnation. And you have a choice when those words come against you. You can either come into agreement with those or you can say, whoa, 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 whoa. Let me get highly theological. God can't condemn me because my condemnation was placed upon Jesus Christ. Doesn't mean God can't discipline me, but God will never reject me. God will never forsake me. God will never leave me. God will never abandon me. And the wrath of God cannot abide upon me because the wrath that I deserve for my past, present, and future sins has all been poured out on Jesus Christ, the sacrificial lamb of God. So my sins are actually paid for. There is now, therefore, no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Like the only way to fight the lies of the devil is with truth. You actually have to be grounded in the scripture. And so when Shimei is coming out, David knows that God doesn't hate David. But the words from Shimei side God with Shimei, the accuser. He says, I'm speaking on behalf of God and the Lord is punishing you, David. The Lord is condemning you because of what you've done. And by the way, none of that was true, but it's very difficult sometimes in the heat of battle when somebody's accusing you not to receive some of that. And so you have to gird up the loins of your mind. You have to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You have to garrison about your mind. You have to guard your heart with all diligence. And you have to say what is being spoken is being, it's being said with conviction by this accusing voice, this condemning voice, but I'm not going to receive it because it's not true. Fourth category, fourth category of word curses. You've got rejection, denunciation, and condemnation. The fourth category is humiliation. So in verse number eight, at the end of it, Shimei continues. He says, concerning the house of Saul, he says, David, it's in Saul's place that you have reigned on the throne. And the Lord has given the kingdom into the hand of your son, Absalom. Well, there you go. He's saying right now, David, you shouldn't have had that throne in the first place. And your God has now given the kingdom of Israel into the hand of your boy Absalom. And it is meant, these words are meant to compound the humiliation that David was already gone through. So it's that tactic of the enemy and sometimes the tactic of carnal people that when you're already weak, when you're already going through um, trial, tribulation, circumstance, persecution, attack, there is certain types of people always, whether knowingly or unknowingly, they're in cooperation with the enemy and they are speaking. It's, we call it kicking a man when he's down, but it's deeper than that. It's the humiliation. It is to take because humility is good. We're called to humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord. 
you actually don't pray for humility. You obey the command to humble yourself. But circumstances sometimes that are unjust and they're filled with condemnation, condemnation, denunciation, and rejection, the end result is humiliation that you lose face. You, your testimony's marred. Slander occurs. Um, there's nothing you can do to rescue your testimony. And that can happen to some of you. Very quickly, I'd like to say, just as a, a quick aside, before everybody starts associating with David, I think it's healthy. I do this. Is there any shimmy in me? Do I use my words to condemn, denounce, or reject? Do I use my words to humiliate? Am I guilty of that presently in any situation? I can tell you that I'm not, but I can look back at times in my life when I didn't have my awareness heightened by the Holy Spirit, and I was cooperating with a spirit of accusation or a spirit of denunciation or a spirit of rejection, and wounds were incurred by people because I was not speaking the things that I should have spoken. I don't know that I've ever tried to humiliate anybody as a Christian. I don't think that I have, but I don't know that I've been a hundred percent, um, successful in making sure I never say anything that humiliates anybody. And if you're listening, I've ever done that in a way that hit you that way. Would you please forgive me and please hear what the Lord says over you. Shimei, I wanted David, not humble, but humiliated. In other words, so broken publicly that he could never recover. And here comes the fifth one. It's accusation, which is kind of the broad category of everything I'm saying. But this is how it, he, Shimei said it. He said to David, see or look, your evil is upon you for you are a man of bloodshed. Now, that's a phrase that he had already used. But here it's his summary mark, a summary, summary remark. So this is his closing statement. David, I reject you. Word curse one. David, I denounce you. Word curse two. David, I condemn you. Word curse three. David, I humiliate you. Word curse four. And here, word curse category number five is accusation. See, your evil is on you. Everything that's happening to you is because you're evil. That same conversation last year where the man was coming and railing against me and his wife sat next to him. Um, that literally he told me I'm an evildoer, that I'm an evildoer. It was the words he used. I was an evil shepherd and an evildoer. And I remember the force of that was so strong. And even though in my spirit I knew it was demonic, my soul was having a hard time getting out from under it. And thank God for his Holy Spirit and his grace because, you know, eventually none of that stuff stuck with me. But for a minute it did. And I thought to myself, because that's what the devil does. He accuses you of every sin you've ever done, every failure you've ever made, every misstep that damaged other people. And it turns the, the failure. Maybe it wasn't even technically transgression, like willful sin, but it was a failure. But it takes it and it accuses you saying, because of that failure, you are now this. Some of you wake up regularly and, and all you hear is the accusation of the enemy. You're an ugly person. You're not worthy of spending your life with anybody. You'll always be poor. You're fat. You're short. Um, you're stupid. Uh, you're ungodly. Accusation comes in the form of you're the only one who struggles with that issue. You're a terrible Christian. 
And so accusation is meant to kind of just be nonstop. It's nonstop chatter from hell that tries to get in through your, your senses, your intellect, your ears, your hearing, your emotions, and it tries to get down into your soul and become a part of how you regard yourself. Your evil is on you, David. You are a man of blood. So that's an identifying accusation. This is what you are. I want to, I want to give you this. He's not saying this is what you did. He's saying this is what you are. So to the person struggling with lust, the devil doesn't say you're a Christian struggling with lust. And by the way, if you're struggling with lust, you need to get radical about it and do whatever it takes to get free. But the enemy will tell you, because you have an issue with what you're doing, you are this. You're reprobate. You're evil. You're wicked. You're worthless. Or if you are a, a person struggling with um, insecurity, the enemy comes and says, yeah, it's because you're ugly. It's because you're unsuccessful. It's because nobody likes you. It's because nobody's going to like you. Nobody can love you because you are worthy of being rejected. So accusation is kind of like the nonstop archery of the enemy. And it's the fifth category there. Be real careful about what you say over yourself. I'm, I'm going to stop here for a second. A little bit close to running out of time, but let me just say this. When you start speaking word curses over yourself, you're coming into agreement with Satan. When you start saying, I'm so stupid, or um, I'm a failure, or I'm ugly. I don't know why that one keeps coming back. I think some of y'all that are going to be listening to this are struggling with hating what you see in the mirror and you're choosing to come into agreement with the lies that stem from an American Western view of physical beauty. And so because you don't match up to the airbrushed pictures on Instagram or the male models with the six pack abs that are six foot four and full head of hair. And so you say, I'm ugly. I'll never have somebody love me. You need to quit saying that. Like, I, I, I want to have sympathy for you, but I don't think you need any more sympathy. You need a correction. Quit speaking death over yourself. Quit word cursing yourself. If you've never had money, quit saying, I'll always be poor. I'll never get the promotion. I'll never drive a car like that. Now, maybe a car is not important, but it's the fact that you're saying over yourself what will never happen. Instead of praying about it and saying, God, I'd like to, and you fill in the blank. Quit word cursing your children. Quit word cursing your spouse. You know, we, these curses come out of our mouth and they set things in motion, whether we're word cursing ourselves or we're word cursing others. And it is much easier to start a fire than to put one out. Somebody needs to hear that. And by the way, if you started a fire, you better go ahead and just start putting it out. But it's easier to start one than to put one out. And the book of James tells us that the tongue is a fire, sets things ablaze. And so the final accusation category, excuse me, the final word curse category from Shimei to King David is, is found in verse 13. So it says that as David, his men and his men went along the road, Shimei went along on the opposite hillside. So from an elevated point of view, Shimei is looking down on David He's opposing him and on the opposite side. And the Bible just says in verse 13, he kept cursing as he went and threw stones at him and flung dust. And I call this last category of cursing uh, intimidation. It means it just doesn't stop. 
And so when we see the relentless behavior of Shimei coming against God's chosen man, and we see that Shimei wasn't, you know, just content with to say a few things as David was trying to exit the scene without killing him. I, I left out some verses where some of David's soldiers said, how about we go over there and cut his head off? How about we kill Shimei? And David, again, is proving his character by leaving vengeance under the Lord. And so David is not saying anything. And he's getting out of the situation. And Shimei just keeps following him to intimidate him. That is the pattern of the enemy. Until you resist the devil and cause him to flee from you, he'll just keep doing what he's doing. And if you come into agreement with the devil, it's like sitting down with him and saying, hey, here I am. Would you verbally destroy me? And when you listen to people that have word cursed you and you come into agreement internally with those identifying marks that they've rested upon you through their rejection, through their denunciation, through their condemnation, through their humiliation, through their accusation and through their intimidation, you literally come into agreement with that. You are dying a slow death at the hand of your enemy to whom you're presenting yourself. So as I wrap up, I'm going to tell you what to do. Um, here's what I tell you what to do. It's very difficult if the person who's word cursing you is either a spouse, a parent, or a child. Because family's family, especially if it's a spousal um, relationship where you've made a vow, um, it's a fine line. But most of the time, God's not going to tell you you can walk away because you've been verbally assaulted. And I'll have time to break it down into every potential case scenario. What I'm saying is you need the Holy Spirit to guide you in that thing. But in most of these situations that are not spousal, when the source of the word cursing is not spousal, do you know what you do? You walk away. You sever the relationship. You, you literally, if it's a constantly criticizing friend, you're done. That's not a friend to you. They don't care for your soul. If it is a spiritual authority in your life and that they literally, every time you sit under their ministry, whether preaching, teaching, podcasting, uh, counseling, whatever, and it is some form of regular rejection or denouncing or condemning or humiliating or ac accusing or, or intimidating, you're done. You walk away. You are not obligated by God to stay in that kind of environment. And so you actually cut yourself off from the source and then you press in deeply to the Father to get those word curses broken off of you. And I, it got to a level in my life where I had to go through deliverance. Yeah, you heard me right. I committed months to counseling and then went through a deliverance session where every demonic place where I had come into agreement with that which was not true was broken off of me. Because when you come into agreement with the spirit of curse, uh, with the shimmy spirit, you have to come out of agreement. And sometimes it's gotten so deep in you, you need somebody to help you and break it out of you. It's demonic. And time does not heal all wounds. And ignoring it doesn't heal wounds. You, the curse has to be reversed. And so you break off all agreement. And listen, um, if you'll email me at jeff at maverickmisfit.com and you want help, it, it would need to be local in the metro Atlanta area. But I have a couple of resources, a couple of deliverance counselors and ministers that um, one in particular, the one that um, you know, I'm most familiar with, that I will link you up with. 
and you'll get the help you need. But the first thing is this, get away from it. Time's too short for you to keep putting yourself in a place where a toxic stream of word cursing is your life. If you're in a marriage like that, then you need to seek somebody to help you because your spouse doesn't see what he or she is doing to you. If you're a young person and your parents are doing this to you, and I will say this, most of you that listen are, you're, you're not under your parents' roof anymore. You're not under their authority. It's a very painful thing for an adult to look at a parent and say, because of how you have a history of word cursing me, now as an adult, I will no longer put myself in that position until such time that you repent, I cannot be around you anymore. And I know many of good, solid Christian people that came to that very painful decision to say as an adult to their parents, I'm not going to have anything to do with you anymore until you repent. So these are messy circumstances, but this is where a lot of people live. And I want to tell you today that this is the season for you to get free. And if you are uh, being convicted that you have been guilty of this, you need to go make it right with whoever you can. And you need to get help. Because the one who is able to bridle his or her tongue can bridle all of the body. Meaning, if you can master the tongue, there's very little in the Christian life that you won't be able to master. Because the tongue is a world of iniquity. And we've got to use our mouths for blessing and not cursing. Tune in next time. I want to talk to you about the spirit of Absalom. For today, let's leave the spirit of Shimei, this accusation, this intimidation, this denunciation, this condemnation, this rejection, all of it. Let's leave it where it belongs, straight in the pit of hell. And let's be heavenly people. We'll talk to you next time on Mavericks and Misfits. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Mavericks and Misfits. If you are helped by what Jeff shared today, please take a moment to rate and review Mavericks and Misfits with Jeff Lyle on iTunes or Spotify. Your review helps us enlarge our digital footprint to reach more potential listeners every week. Also, please take advantage of the free written and video resources made available at transformingtruth.org. Join us again every Tuesday for a brand new episode of Mavericks and Misfits.